Welcome everyone to the second episode of Game Informers from panel to podcast. This is a show dedicated to all things comic books. That means we discuss the week's new books, stories from yesteryear that we love, comic book movies, TV shows, toys, and of course, video games, because this is Game Informer. I'm Andrew Reiner. I'm so excited you're with us. We uh, we broke the top 50 on Apple's charts for leisure video games. This is a comic book show, but we're a hit in the video game world, apparently. I don't know how to search it on the comic book uh, charts, but uh, I'm guessing we're doing pretty good there. My co-host, as always, is Phil Hoff. How you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty well. I might sound a little bit off. I am battling a small little cold here, so I'll do my best to not sniffle, cough, and blow my nose my way through this entire podcast. You got the COVID? I hope not. Well, <laughs> I mean, I get five days off of work if I do. So. Well, hey, no, that's that's terrible. The terrible thing. <laughs> so I want to talk to you, started off with kind of a phenomenon in comics, this series called Something is Killing the Children. Yeah. It's on hiatus right now. They've released 20 issues and we have a uh, kind of the supplemental series, a side story series called House of Slaughter running right now. But I've never seen anything like this. And it's not about the story or art, but it's become so popular that the first issue, which came out in September 2019, is now selling for over $500 in secondhand markets, a grade of 9.6 or higher. That means, you know, how mint it is the pristine condition it's in. And it's wild. I I've, I've really like, we, I've, every once in a while, Phil, we see comics that have like a first appearance yeah. uh, or a, a significant moment that skyrocket up to like $50, $70, is ridiculous. And there's good reason. Like it's, it's now been picked up. It's going to become a TV show it's phenomenal, right? You, what did you do? In, in a day, you read 10 issues? I read through the first 10 issues, the first three of them. Well, here's the way the full story works. I brought the first two trades with me to go get my oil changed because last time I got my oil changed, it took an hour and a half. So I settled in and I burned through the first three issues and then my phone vibrated and they told me my car was ready. I honestly complained to the guy that sent me the text like, hey, I'm settled in for the long haul. What do you mean you're done in 40 minutes this time? I'm I'm trying to read here, like do other things. <laughs> I kind of laughed at me and uh, I jumped in the car and this was after I'd already made my trip to the comic book store for the week. And I got home that night and I read the next two issues to finish up the first trade. I woke up super early the next morning and by 830 in the morning, I had the next five issues in the trade or the next five issues. The second trade completed. I, wow. I, I again, just dove headfirst in this, just like I did with Department of Truth. And it's the same writer. It's James Tinian the fourth. We have art by Werther Del Adera. I think I got that right. And then covers by really great covers from Giovanna Nero. And this mm -hmm. is a Boom Studios book. Boom has really started taking off here in the last few years. They've been going for a bit, but I, I think they're starting to hit their stride with some of these big creators from Marvel and DC that are kind of moonlighting at this other studio with their own kind of IP, right? Their, their own created books, not using other people's IP. I'm not going to try to like say anything about Marvel or DC, but I almost wonder if maybe they're not like doing some of these side projects because they're not quite as tethered as oh, if yeah. they are to like a, like a Spider-Man or a Batman or any of your major heroes. Like they just get to go out there and tell their own story. They have their own vision to just do their thing and they're killing it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the, the premise of this, by the way, something is killing the children is very on the nose for what it is. Yep. It's I'll give you the kind of the description from boom is, when the children of Archer's Peak begin to go missing, everything seems hopeless. The few children that return alive have terrible stories. 
impossible details of terrifying creatures that live in the shadows. That's very true. The book starts, you don't really know what's going on. You know, something is really going crazy in the woods and it's huge and ugly and just something you never want to see in, in, in real life. And there's another character who shows up early on that's almost kind of like a bounty hunter or a killer, a slayer, almost like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> right? Yep. I'll leave it at that. At you know, Just kind of use that as the premise, the build up here. Just go forth, get the trades. Don't go on eBay or in these secondhand markets and try to get <laughs> these issues because the first 20 issues will set you back over a grand, I'm guessing. You know, Easily. Like it has to be. Yeah. I was at, a, I was at the, one of the stores that we frequent, you and I, and I asked because I was trying to go back and piece together things. And I said, hey, do you guys have any other back issues of something's killing the children? And the owner of the shop points and says, the only thing that's not in your hand that we have is issue seven on the wall. And that's going for $75. And I was like, damn, for issue seven still going for $75? All right. I passed, but one day. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one day. It, it's, I mean, if we keep waiting, it's going to get more expensive. Right. The thing I'll say is you can go get House of Slaughter right now. They're up to issue four. Go get those. That series is great as well. And again, get the trades. There's a fantastic hardcover of all of Something is Killing the Children, all first 20 issues. We don't know if they're coming back. We heard that they are. There's rumblings that that there will be more coming soon, but we don't know for certain. They're they're focused on House of Slaughter right now. And then as Phil pointed out, Tinian has a billion other series going on. He's writing He's everything. On... <laughs> Department of Truth is one of our favorites. Uh, if you didn't catch the last episode go back and listen to that talk or just go buy Department of Truth while you're at the comic shop. Might as well. Just grab anything with his name on it and you're not going to be too disappointed. And then going back a few years again, there was a fantastic series from Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples called Saga, which is like a wild mashup of sci-fi and fantasy. Kind of hints Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit, but more mature. There's, there's a lot of sex and drugs and murder and all those things that go with a M rating <laughs> in video games. And I guess R and I don't know what you say. Advisory. What is it on comics? Uh, I don't even, they don't call it do, NC-7. I think it's just I don't called think mature they do it as anymore, well. Right? Yeah. yeah Cause there's no just like, like the comic book code that's on the, on the cover of everything that went away. I don't even know when that went away. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that series was three and a half years ago. The last issue came out, issue 54. We thought that might be it. But guess what? They're back. Vaughn and Staples are back with issue 55, which is 44 pages, but it is only two ninety nine. No kidding. Yeah. It's like they went back in, in time and kept the old price. Saga, by the way, has sold over 6.8 million copies and it has been tra- translated into 20 different languages. So wow. this thing is a, a massive success. The new story is Hazel and uh, the family are back. I don't want to give away too much because it's, you know, 55 chapters into a story. <laughs> but this is, if, if that sounds intriguing to you, the kind of fantasy sci-fi mashup that is unlike anything else you've seen, it's, it's well worth your time. Phil, any interest in the series? Yeah, I've never read it, but seen all the hype that came out this week upon the release of 55. It's definitely on my radar, and I have been scouting the some of the online stores to see what I can piece together. I do know that they did put out a uh, massive compendium as well with all 54 issues, which I might just end up grabbing because I could always use another weapon around the house, and something of that size is definitely a deadly blunt object. 
the the description from Image is more pulse pounding adventure, heart wrenching character drama, and gloriously graphic sex and violence. <laughs> I have to give you a warning that you will see man bits. Uh, what would you say? Full uh, mast. What? Um, <laughs> um, up in the morning. Uh, there's there's. Uh, yeah, I was shocked to see that. I was like, wow, that's it's that's- right there. <laughs> not even not even just a hanging one, but one at full no. attention. And it and it's put to, to work. Uh it's 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 <laughs> it's it's a interesting scene to say the least. So that is saga, wildly popular, various reasons, but just a really unique story and very character focused. There's all this wild stuff going on around it, the big sci-fi themes and all that, but at its heart it's about this family and, and I can't say enough great things about it. So go read that as well. You sold me on it. All right, let's shift gears again here. Let's get to uh, video games again, Phil. Yeah. Uh, last week we talked about Wolverine. Mm-hmm. This one I think hits home a little closer for you. This is Gotham yes. Knights from Warner Brothers Montreal and Warner Brothers Proper Publishing. Mm-hmm. This is the Arkham style game starring Batgirl, Nightwing, Robin, and Red Hood. But it's not the Arkham series. It's a a separate, you know, it's a new take on Batman again. Yep. When the game begins, we have <laughs> Batman. Bruce Wayne is is believed to be dead. Same with James Gordon, you know, the police commish. They're down and out. And so, you know, what happens when your authority is gone? Crime rises and all of a sudden, you know, the Bat family, the his wards. What do you call them? His wards underlings. Understudies. I don't. I, I don't know the proper term, but they have to rise up to to combat this these well known threats to Batman, but also a new one in the Court of Owls, Ooh. which was born from New Fifty Two. I don't know if you ever read those Batman books, Phil. You know what? A strange side note of that is that is where our friend. I wish he was our friend. Uh, James Tynan the Fourth actually got his start was in the Court of Owls stuff in the New Fifty Two universe. We might as well just call this show the Tinian show. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is. It, it, everything points back to him. And, and that's the thing. I, I just got to rant here for a second or rave, actually. Comic writers are the most talented writers in the world. And here's my reason. They might not be telling the best stories. Some of them are. But some authors that focus on one book and all that stuff obviously have all the time in the world to, to get it right. Comic writers like him and Brian Michael Bendis and sometimes have like five or six books going a month. Yeah. They are writing these amazing stories, like six of them at a time. Hmm. It's, it's mind blowing on deadlines, just churning it out. And a lot of times I I put these issues down and just go, wow, I can't believe that just happened. I got, I got to call Phil. I got to text Phil. (laughs) Did you see the last page of Venom or, or Thor, you know, like it's, it's, it's remarkable what, um, what comic writers can do anyways. And end of rave. About, <laughs> well, it uh, also shows profession. like the, le- the level of like what they're doing as well, because in my brain, I would have crossovers in between everything unintentionally. If I was writing six different books on, a, on such a tight deadline, <laughs> I-, I wouldn't be trying to do it, but all of a sudden like Batman would show up and something's killing the children. If I was, or the Joker would show up and hit department of truth. And I'd be like, Oh, uh, all right. This is why we've got editors. I get it. Yeah, that there's the unsung hero. Let's give them some props. Yep. Editors probably we don't know <laughs> what happens with comics uh, or what editors do. I know at a magazine, 
the shenanigans that go on with with you know people writing game reviews that thank goodness you never see the first drafts from from some of us <laughs> me me included uh you know the the work gets much better with editing anyway back to Gotham Knights yep. no release date we believe it's coming out this year it's going to have two player cooperative play let's get to some questions here first off what are you hoping to get from this Phil oh man um, I want that immersive Arkham style story storytelling. Yes, I know it's not in the Arkham universe, but I want the storytelling to be there, which I'm sure it will be. I want the the combat to be there. I want tag team moves, for lack of a better term, where you can like combo up with with your partner and you guys can unleash some hell. Uh, I would like to see some some lesser known villains as well, which you'll going to discover is going to be a thing with me where I don't necessarily not everything always needs to be big and flashy all the time, but some lesser knowns building up into some kind of a big bad. Don't ask me who those people are that I would like to see, especially with both Bats and and Gordon being dead. So, I mean, who knows what kind of a toll that's taken on the rest of the universe, depending on how they died. I don't know. Who is um, the ninja that we hated in the new Batman oh God, stories? Ghostmaker? Yes, Ghostmaker. If, let's, okay, let's if Ghostmaker's Ghostmaker. the main villain, I'm in. Just that way everybody can <laughs> kick the hell out of Ghostmaker repeatedly and often. Yeah, that's a new Batman villain uh. or vigilante that they've been trying to build up and and phil and i every issue are just like oh he's the worst <laughs> and he went for like a year and a half or something like that they even gave him like side stories and i was like this he just needs to go away he just showed up in another one of their books too i, w- I want to say it was like in the urban legends they did a ghost maker story in that and i almost just threw it at the wall because i didn't want to <laughs> see it anymore sad part <laughs> is that i think that might be a creation of of, of tynan as well i agree with you <laughs> lesser known villains is always fun for me I don't want it to be like Arkham in terms of being dark no. Batman storytelling. I, you know, out of the gates, it sounds like it is because you have some significant deaths, but I want it to be its own thing. I think you have a very colorful cast of characters. The, the four playable characters are Jason Todd, Red Hood, who hopefully is maybe a little unhinged. You got Tim Drake as Robin, which is very cool. Yep. That means you have Dick Grayson as Nightwing, and then you also have Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. So those are the first four playable characters out of the gate. Maybe there's room for more down the road. We'll have to wait and see what kind of support this gets. The gameplay clips we've seen, Phil, are very much in that Arkham vein where you're using the grapple up on the the rooftops. Same type of combat system. Looks like there's maybe a bit more of uh, openness in terms of the environment scales, which makes me think it's going to be more kind of mission based. Mm hmm. But we do see some vehicle play where they're roaring down the highway and stuff like that. So maybe there is a full city there. We'll have to wait and see kind of what all that ends up being. I hate that we have so little in terms of details. But yeah, I think uh, there's there's some interesting notes that I've seen. Like Robin is able to teleport to Justice League satellite, huh. which might be like kind of a, a home base kind of thing or something like that. I don't know. But you can play it cooperatively, which will be neat. You and I can can go through it together. And hopefully it's it's this year. And if it is, I'm guessing it'll be this holiday. Yeah. Maybe they'll throw Blockbuster in there since Dick Grayson's in it. And him and Blockbuster go way back. Yeah, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I'd be down for that. Let's move along here. Another big talker has been Spider-Man No Way Home. It's breaking all sorts of records in the box office. Well-deserved. It's such a fun movie. The big secret, which nobody kept and everybody guessed a year and a half out of release was that <laughs> Tom Holland wasn't the only Spider-Man, you know, Tobey Maguire and, and Andrew Garfield are in the movie as well as reprising their respective roles as Spider-Men. 
if there's another movie, we, there will be another Spider-Man eventually, but if it's connected to the MCU, Phil, who should get it? Should it be following Tom Holland? Should they go off into the multiverse and focus on other characters? I wouldn't mind seeing it keep digging deeper into the multiverse just because it's it's a lot of fun that way and you you get more, much more diversity out of everybody too. Uh, if it's not going to be focused on that, it's just going to be whatever happened in New York City. I say stick with Tom Holland. He's the one that got you not to this point, but who's your most current. I'm in favor I think of they should do another trilogy with Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to spoil the end of the movie if, if people haven't seen it yet, but they definitely wipe the slate clean and give you that character some freedom, a new birth, so to speak. And I think that's fantastic. I think that sets the stage for doing whatever they want with him. That also frees up Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. And I think, boy, what if they did a Disney Plus series? Yeah. With, with both of them kind of just following this multiverse kind of thing. They're off on their own. It'd be super expensive, but everybody <laughs> everybody would watch it. Like yep. It would be the biggest thing on TV, right? Y- y- you have to assume. I can't see it sucking. Let's put it that way. I just think it'd be <laughs> action-packed action for the most part because it is Spider-Man and his bits of downtime are few and far between in between having jobs and being Spider-Man. And I, I got to point this out. I'm loving TV more than I ever have. We're so spoiled. Mm -hmm. I can't keep up with all the comic TV shows. I'm excited for Moon Knight. We talked about that last week, but I I really got to go back and watch League of Superheroes and the rest of Arrow and Flash and Supergirl and Black Lightning. (laughs) It's 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 never impossible. Yeah, it's impossible to keep up with or stay current with and. Again, we're we're just ridiculously lucky right now. I think the quality is now approaching motion pictures. Like the latest episode of the book of Boba Fett made me just think of like this could be in a movie theater. And, and I don't even bat an eye at it. It's like the, the quality is there. Maybe it didn't cost $150 million to make, but boy, they're faking it pretty well. I bet if you combined all the episodes together, it probably cost about $150 million to make. <laughs> Maybe, probably more. Yeah. Inventing the new tech. I mean, that yep. show is state of the art. And I know a lot of people were down on Book of Boba Fett's first four episodes, but trust me, go watch episode five on its own. If you only got through like two and you you fell off it, just go watch five and you'll be very happy. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, Phil, you haven't uh, you haven't caught up. I have not caught up. No. I'm behind on everything. <laughs> okay, back to Spider-Man. I've been rambling tonight. I, I, I apologize here. So we just had a Spider-Man movie with three Spider-Men. It was wonderful. Such great fan service. They've now got a chance to wipe the slate clean and start fresh. I want them to go with a different vibe, a different tone. It was very playful. Peter just kind of having his coming of age moment, learning how to be this hero. Now I want to see the world, obviously the world came crashing down on him, but I want to see the world get a little darker for him. I think that opens the door for Venom, yep, which is something they've teased. And I think that'd be great. But also I think Craven the Hunter. That's exactly what I was just thinking too. And have it be a game of cat and mouse, that Mm -hmm. first movie, and just just mess with him. Uh, There's those great covers of him coming out, Spider-Man coming out of the grave, you know, Craven just just torturing this 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 poor soul and really just showing who the the superior hunter is here. Every time Craven shows up in anything, I just smile. And I would love to watch something based around Craven, especially if you are going to do it a three a three parter or even a two to three parter, just because like you can have it bleak down out, absolutely beaten up, 
how's Peter going to come back from this type of a thing to end the first one? Maybe a brief teaser in the middle of the credits about what's coming up next as far as like somebody else that they're going to incorporate into the next movie as Marvel tends to do. But I think I think a Craven storyline would be absolutely wonderful. And my my fear is that they're going to go with Venom and have him be, you know, three movies of conflict. And that's that's okay. Like Venom is such a great character and antagonist for Spider-Man when done right. I don't think he's been done right with Tom Hardy. I know a lot of people love that performance and enjoy those movies. I'm not there. You know, I I think there's some fun there, but I just it it's too slapstick and I want Venom to be terrifying and I want Venom to be lurking in the shadows eating human brains. Yeah. And really just picking a bone with with Spider-Man and really just kind of laying into Spider-Man. If they go that direction, I'd rather them start with something darker with Craven, maybe end it with Venom, and then the next two movies have that be kind of the symbiote battle. You got to give Spidey the black suit at some point, see what happens to him when, you know, hopefully not playing jazz or dancing <laughs> down the street like Toby, but just see how that messes with him. That's part of that darkness I'm talking about that I think could be very intriguing. We'll have to wait and see. It. Nobody's saying anything right now. Tom Holland is not committing to more movies, even though he's kind of saying, I would love to do them. Marvel, on the other hand, is just like, yep, we're doing them. (laughs) But, you know, obviously for contractual reasons, they can't say like, you know, Tom is the the man. Like, he's going to have a huge payday if he comes back for these movies. They're making over a billion dollars in the box office. So I can't see him turning it down. Although he is an artist. He's he's done these films for. Right. I don't know. What has he been in? Five or six of them now? Doesn't necessarily want to be pigeonholed as being the Spider-Man guy. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's time to move on. That would be unfortunate. If that happens, I would love for the suit or the powers of the spider to be passed on to Miles Morales. Yep. That's something, again, they've teased. It was kind of a passing joke that was a nod to comic book fans. It would be, uh, you have a blank slate. Why not? go in that direction because he's a fantastic character you know the entire sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna circle back or harken back to the 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 craven and venom thing and i as as you were discussing it and i was kind of thinking about it what if craven's there to hunt the symbiote and not spider-man oh that's that's an that's an interesting idea and somehow spidey's got a black suit on because something happened to the red suitors experimenting with something else which therefore leads to craven hunting spider-man an accident while trying to get the symbiote instead of spider-man and go from there That'd be cool. I could see the symbiote going over to to Peter at some point, and yep. I like that idea a lot. That's a that's a way to get both of them together, and maybe you could just get rid of Venom after not kill him off, but you don't need him for the full trilogy. I'd rather if there's going to be a villain for three movies, I would rather have it be Craven. Actually, agreed. <laughs> I mean, you could uh, even have the first one end where like he bags Spidey in the black costume thinking that he's got the symbiote but he doesn't and he doesn't learn that until like the start of the next movie because he thinks he's got it but he doesn't because it's peter in the black costume i don't know yeah let's Just write it all yeah. right we made our millions phil <laughs> we just now we can finally, it finally afford something's killing the children number one you know i have it i you have that, i know you do yeah <laughs> it's one of those books it's like wow i own that yep we're out of control, by the way. We are going on eBay. <laughs> the show has, just so everybody knows, the show has just made Phil and I fall in love with uh, every show that you're listening to with all things comics. And we're going to be broke here very quick. Like just mm-hmm. spending $50 on a comic is is not wise, but we're doing it. It happens. We, we love it so much. 
And speaking of spending 50, I spent $65 at the comic shop this last week. Yeah. What was your tally? Uh, at least 85. <laughs> oh boy. And that's just on new releases. Yeah, that's the bad part. And then the next day I went back issue hunting as well on top of it. And I dropped another 30 or 40 on back issues. I'm going to point out my favorite books from last week. You can go get them on comic shelves now. And tomorrow, you know, if, if you're listening to this on a Tuesday, tomorrow is new comic day. That's when all comic books come out on Wednesdays. Turns out DC is now shipping on Tuesday or releasing a day earlier. Yep. But don't fall for that. Go on Wednesday. <laughs> that's that's comic book day. Do not give in to DC's demands of you going early to get your books because you can't get all of them. Just go on Wednesday. I think a lot of shops are holding on to all the DC stuff until Wednesday as well and dropping everything at the same time. Not the one down here in Apple Valley, Minnesota. Oh, really? Yep. They're, they're putting they them put out, out the DCs a day Tuesday. early? Yeah. Uh, I went over to the shady. new release. Yeah, I went over there and it was empty except DC. And I was like, are these this week's? And, and he was like, yeah, they're releasing them on Tuesdays. And I, that's what I said. I was like, that's not right. Put no, they've been back in the box. Yeah, DC's been doing it for ever since they broke apart from Diamond or broke off from Diamond. They've been releasing on Tuesday instead when people have been getting their shipments on time, which is an entirely different issue that shops are going through right now. But it's probably been a good year or so, year, year and a half that they've been putting them out on Tuesdays. And most shops that I go to hold them back until Wednesday and drop everything at the same time. And we're going to talk about Peacemaker, the HBO series from James Gunn uh -huh. in future episodes when the series, the first season is done. I think we have three episodes left after this week's but there is a new peacemaker comic book that just came out this week from garth ennis one of our favorite <laughs> writers yes who did I mean, most famously preacher and the boys he's yeah the, i guess a lot of people probably know him best from the boys now that is that's a huge hit television show as well this is an origin story of peacemaker in the true sense that it goes all the harks all the way back to his childhood it is it is dark and disturbing and everything you'd expect from Garth Ennis just kind of turning humanity on its head to paint this vigilante in a very kind of interesting and unexpected light. Phil, have you read it yet? I did, and I loved every panel's worth of it. I uh, It felt like Garth Ennis of old's writing, where it's definitely dark, it's morbid with a small twist of humor that's thrown in there, which he executes better than almost anybody when he's got his A-game on, which more often than not he does. I really, really enjoyed it, and I think it's just a one-shot, but I hope not. And if you like this, if you like Peacemaker Disturbing the Peace, which is uh, under the black label, so it's not the canonical main continuity of the DC Universe, but kind of a cool multiverse kind of story, but still, it's it's fascinating, right? Uh, but if you like it and you're like, I want more DC Garth Ennis, whatever you do, do not buy Batman <laughs> Reptile. Again, do not buy Batman Reptilian. It is one of the worst <laughs> comics I've ever read. It has some of the weirdest art I've ever seen. And it goes places that I will never get out of my mind. And and. At the time, I was happy I read it because I was laughing out loud at how bad it was. But now, over time, I'm like, I don't want these memories anymore. It's, it's disturbing. They ran their course. Get them out of here. Like Batman going into the womb. Not even the womb, but, uh, you know, the naughty bits of a creature. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Oh, I, it was I, so good and so bad at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's awful. You'll learn things about Killer Croc. You had no idea were a thing. 
Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh gosh. But again, avoid that. Read Preacher, read Peacemaker, read The Boys, and you'll love all that stuff. What's your number one pick this week, Phil? Uh, my number one pick for the week probably was Peacemaker, but since you already okay. touched on that, um, if you want me to do number two, I can. Yeah, do it. Uh, definitely Thor. <laughs> it's Donnie, Donnie Cates is just consistent with that. Marvel better lock him up on that book. Oh, Don't end his run. Deal. Yeah, just keep him on it like you had Brian Michael Bendis on Ultimate Spider-Man for nope. over 100 issues. Keep Donnie running on that, and and we're good. Because every time that issue comes out, it's it's pure gold. Yeah, and this one did not disappoint either. Is the saga of the Hammer? Er, the saga of the Hammer continues, and uh, it does some pretty morbid stuff in this one. And uh, you kind of find out maybe who's been messing with the hammer. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a interesting idea. I don't know if I'm completely on board with where they're going with it, but I didn't see it coming. I'll, I'll say that much. Not at all. I, and then I'm going to rattle off a couple others that I liked. Again, Saga, and then Amazing Spider-Man. Brings back the paper bag mask. <laughs> I did. I never saw that coming. I thought that was really? one and done. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You got to read that. It's... Full disclosure: I'm not. I'm not caught up yet due to the ten issues of Something's Killing the Children that I read in between Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, it's good. It's it's it deals with Peter post coma, kind of getting back on his feet, and I don't know why he, the paper bag's involved, but it is. <laughs> And then also uh, my last one for the week is the death of Dr. Strange, which is very, very good. And I was wondering if it would live up to the billing of that title. And I don't want to spoil it for people. I liked where that story went and it is setting up a whole new future for the strange verse, so nice. to speak. Yeah. I think, I, I think it was a success and it was one of those big epics where it kind of touched a lot of different series, a lot of one, you know, one-offs here and there. And it all, I think, you know, of Marvel's late ones, I think this was one of the better ones where all those books kind of sung together in interesting ways. And the main story delivered big beats and actually had a ginormous outcome. Phil, what other books do you recommend from this week? Um, I, Obviously, being the Batman sucker that I am, I'm enjoying the tale that's being told right now in Detective Comics as well with the entire Shadows of the Bat thing. Some of the side backstories aren't quite as good, but the entire rebuilding of Arkham Asylum and what's going on there, you're learning more and more about what's happening behind the scenes, and it's definitely a lot more shady than anybody thought it was going to be to start with. Surprise, surprise. Uh, that being said, I'm enjoying the weekly release of Detective Comics. It also prevents me from forgetting quite as much as I normally do when there's a three-week pause in between everything. Devil's Reign is up there for me as well. Chip Zdarsky, again, I love his work. I don't really think we've touched too much on him because we've been too heavily on the Tinian train. <laughs> uh, but most of everything that he writes, uh, I'll definitely mess around with. He's responsible for the most recent run of Daredevil, which, in my opinion, might be one of the better runs of Daredevil Throughout the course of the 600 or so issues that have been written of just the Daredevil continuity, uh, he goes some dark places and does some weird stuff. And it's I, I have thoroughly enjoyed his run on Daredevil. And I'm excited when I read that he's coming back when they relaunch Daredevil again, because that's a character that he definitely knows how to write well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's locked in just like Donnie is with, yep. with Thor. You know, one of us has to become president of the United States of America. and will pass a law stating that the writer <laughs> gets locked in. They can never leave. Just let him do his thing until he's absolutely burnt out and exhausted all ideas. And then, then we murder them. 
and cool. move on to the next writer. We yes. are president, so yeah. Uh, another book I want to give props to is X Deaths. Speaking of death, X Deaths of Wolverine. Mm-hmm. That was uh, the whole first issue. I was like, is Wolverine even in this? This did I just get swindled out of you know five bucks for this thing? <laughs> Turns out he is in a in a very different way. You get a a new look at Wolverine that it'll be interesting to see if they stick with it. Can I complain I for one second about sure. swindling? Um, so you didn't grab the Batman Catwoman, did you? The the one off? No, 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 the special. No. Oh boy, lucky you! It's a ten dollar issue because it's about the same. It's an eighty pager or whatever. But I'm not even kidding when I say that the last quarter of the entire book is nothing more than pinup art, not pinups like Betty Page type of stuff, but like, you know, your your cover art and stuff like that with a couple of like a Batman black and white sprinkled in there that I believe is a reprint from the black and white series that they ran about a year ago. And then a small side story about somebody who I don't even remember anymore, like the actual main story of this $10 book. And I'm not a cheap person when it comes to buying comic books was maybe half the book. Ooh. Yeah, I walked, the story that it told was pretty decent, but I walked away disappointed, like, it wraps and says the end, and I'm like, well, what the hell's going on with these other 40 pages that I've got here? And it was, a lot of it was, like, gallery art. That brings up another another talker here, real quick, just about the practice of going to the comic shop. When I go up to the new release rack, I'm just so excited to see a comic or interested in something, I just grab it. I don't even page through it. No. And sometimes I'll get home, you know, maybe in a year, 52 weeks in a year, maybe eight or nine times, I'll be like, ah, what was I thinking? You know, just just from either the art or, like you said, like, it wasn't what I thought it would be as a comic. Yep. Uh, it didn't tell me, you know, the, the story that I was expecting or even close to it. Is Should we be, when we're p- taking a chance on something, should we be paging through it at the comic shop? What do you think? My wallet says yes, but my brain says no, because sometimes it's fun to be disappointed. I shouldn't say fun to be disappointed, but sometimes it's a lesson that's learned. Like, And you can't really take it against either the writer or necessarily the character that the writer is writing about or the art style. But some of the stinkers that we've come through throughout the course of the years, I'm looking at you, Batman Reptilian, and there was a small run of the Flash as well that was kind of the poops, but uh, like they end up being moderately humorous in hindsight, not even intentionally. But my wallet definitely says, Phil, you should look at everything that you buy before you buy it. And there's one person, I don't know if you've seen him at our comic shop, Phil, who is looking for the pristine edition of a comic. Oh, really? So so he's kind of leafing through them and he pulls them out and the way he holds them, like in the palm, both of his hands, you know, just kind of holding them in place, putting them down. Uh, He's trying to keep them in, you know, what we look usually see as 9.8 condition. Yep. And so there I am, you know, just kind of throwing them in my hands, walking around, don't really care. I do bag and board every book I have and I want to keep them as mint as possible, but they are meant to be read in my collection. If anybody wants to read them in my family, they can, you know, uh, even my something is killing the children. Number one, if someone wants to read that, (laughs) go go for it. My trade, if it comes down to that. Yeah. You know, some people are there to collect. So I, I kind of feel torn on that, you know, like, should, can I look through these or is that like, devaluing it am i making it a 9.5 just by by touching it and not buying it i don't i don't know yeah that's i would never even contemplate such a thing i'm gonna read everything that i everything that i buy and everything that i touch gets read before we went to buy our books this week i texted you phil and said hey let's do a secret book yeah let's take a chance on something we've never read before and then not reveal it to each other, but just see what we thought of it. What book did you grab? 
Well, because I thought the premise was really stupid that I couldn't say no to it. It didn't even make my picture. Um, sadly, it is. It's, they're characters that I'm familiar with, but I grabbed the Superman Robin issue. Okay. That's kind of in our wheelhouse. No, because I don't really read Superman stuff at all. Oh, okay. Like, at all, I don't read Superman stuff. And I forgot even that Superman's got a son. And so this isn't even, like, Clark Superman. This is John, I think his name is. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, something went wrong in the uh, Fortress of Solitude, so him and Robin go to fix it. And Robin being Damien in this case. It's wacky. It's silly. Um, there's like mech suits involved. All right. It left so, me feeling. It was, it was, it was silly fun. It wasn't gonna, great. Will you buy another one? Uh, if they did another one, probably not. Because I think this one was just a one shot. Okay. I'm going to cheat here a little bit. I'm going to go back five months to a book I took a chance on. It is Jeff Lemire's maze book. Oh, that's sitting right next to me right now. It is phenomenal. This is a story about a father that is heartbroken, shattered over something that happened in his his family and his world. Jeff Lemire does the art and writing and artfully illustrates that heartbreak and fills you with hope and shows you a story and a path forward that is just remarkably told. And Jeff Lemire, by the way, is he did Sweet Tooth. Mm-hmm. My favorite New 52 series ever, which was Swamp Thing. Yeah. He, he's he's a, a talent and a half again. Again, these, these writers are outstanding. This is a limited series, one of his shorter runs, and I... I adored it, and I'm guessing it'll be a trade here very soon. I hope it was popular enough to get a trade because it is such a, a, a wonderfully told story. And I don't think this is something that will move outside of this medium. I think it is stuck in the comic world because it is that artfully told. The pages matter. The way you turn the pages matters at times, you know, the way wow. it leads you along. Yeah, I I dug it. I, I really dug it. And um, yeah, can't say enough great things about the the art style he chose for it borders on black and white has colors when it needs it. And then just the pacing and his ability to write with emotion. He's incredible. And, and so is this book. It is. I have all five issues sitting next to me. I haven't touched them yet. Uh, now that I'm pretty much caught up on all of my back issue stuff, it's definitely moved to, to the front burner. All right. You got to get saga too. You got to spend like $150 oh, yeah. on the trade. I don't even think the trades that much when I was looking, it was pretty inexpensive. Oh, well go, go get it then. <laughs> All right, I'm on it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And as always, we're going to end the show with a look ahead to next week. What's coming out? So this will be February 2nd, Phil. So 02022022. Wow. Is the, uh, you know, if you look at the numbers on a written form, it'd be like a Skyrim release date, right? Like 11, 11, 11. (laughs) We got uh, Batman 120. Yep. uh, The weekly issue of Detective Comics. Amazing Spider-Man, also the weekly book. Dark Knights of Steel, number four. Oh, boy. Star Wars, The High Republic, number 14. Wow. Spawn, number 326. He's on a motorcycle (laughs) shooting a gun. It looks awesome. Crossover, number 11, which looks like it might be crossing over a Star Wars or something. Interesting. Noctera, number seven. I've never read that. That might be something I'd take a chance on. X lives of Wolverine. So we just did the deaths. This is now the lives. Uh, Marvel's alien series. Dark horse is no longer doing aliens. Marvel's doing it. It's okay. Phil and I read the first few issues. Five issues I think. Or so yeah. Yeah. 
Phil, here you go. Daredevil Woman Without Fear number two. That's the Electra Focus one. Also written by Chip Zdarsky. Suicide Squad number 12. Yeah. Sabretooth is finally getting his own series again. That's number one. X-Men Legends number 11. Spider-Woman number 19. Justice League Incarnate number four. Captain Carrot. (laughs) Fantastic Four Life Story number six. Star Wars Crimson Reign number two. Ooh, that's been a while. Yeah. Arkham City, The Order of the Worlds, number five. I wonder if that's done now. Shang-Chi, number eight. The Walking Dead Deluxe, number 32. They're going through that whole series. That's actually kind of fun with them doing everything in color again. I've been grabbing issues here and there just because uh, I I enjoyed the comic book run when it happened. I think this is Jeff Lemire. Uh, The Joker Presents a Puzzle Box, number seven. I think you're right. The Marvels, number eight. Newburn, number three. I don't know what that is. It looks interesting. Super good. Do you want me to talk about it really quick? Yeah, yeah. Go into it. What is that? Uh, It's about a detective that works for all the mafia families in whatever city that he's in, just trying to like work things out between them where he's basically been labeled as untouchable and he's taken somebody underneath his wing to learn the ways and help him figure out what's occurred and who's to blame for it. Also written by Chip Zdarsky. Oh my gosh. All signs point to just the the comic universe being written or comic books being written by five people. Yeah, exactly. Oh, here we go. Marvel Comics, Savage Spider-Man number one. I don't even know what this is. It looks like Spider-Man as, you know, he's a spider now, like more spider than man. It looks so stupid. I'm all in. Yeah, I want that. Uh, Skybound has Redneck number 32. Ooh. Back to Marvel, Fantastic Four, Reckoning War, Alpha 1. We got Echolands, number 6, The Thing, number 4, Excellent, number 1. That is a new X book yep. with a terrible title. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, number 34, The Scumbag, number 12. You're reading that, right? Yep, I read that. I enjoy that book. It's raunchy and over the top, but it's good fun. And getting toward the end here, One Squadron, number 3, <laughs> Monkey Prince, number 1. That's a new DC book. The Magic Order, Chicken Devil, number 4. Yes, please. Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Halcyon Legacy Number One. That sounds awful. That, that's the, a lot of words. The Star Cruiser, that's their hotel. So yeah. this is a comic that ties in with their hotel. <laughs> I'll probably uh, grab it. You just talked about Superman and Robin were having mechs. Avengers Tech on number six is coming out. Is that still going? Yeah. Huh. That's all the Marvel heroes and mechs or yep. Power Rangers armor. World of Kryptonite, number three. Star Wars Adventures, 14. <laughs> Ant, number two. Kazar, Lord of Savage, number five. And the last book I'm going to mention here is Black Panther Legends, number three. Looks like a huge week for us, Phil. Yeah, off the top of my head, I'm at about a 13 right now. 13 books you're going to pick up? Yeah, yeah. without writing yeah. anything down. I'm usually a little less than you. I'll probably be around 10 or 11, but Uh uh, a lot of good stuff there. I'll probably read, just so people know, probably five of those in the first night. (laughs) Yeah, I usually burn through all of DC night one, and I'll start picking away at Marvel night two and night three, depending on like if I'm wrapped up in some other trade or anything else that I might be reading at the time. Thanks, everyone, for listening again to this episode and hearing us ramble for nearly an hour about comic books and what we love to read each week. If you have any comments, please let us know. I'm at at 
Andrew underscore Reiner on Twitter. Phil, where are you at? Uh, my comic book related stuff is all on BNow23 on Twitter. And please hit me up. I post my picks every single week. Tell me if like you think I'm a dummy for all the stupid things that I buy. Yeah, and if there's anything you want us to, to cover in the show, legacy books, ideas, topics, we got a, a deep well of, of things we haven't even touched on, such as who would win in a fight. That's something we want to get to at some point here. But uh, plenty to go into, toys, all that stuff. We, we're just scratching the surface here. And we appreciate all the support you've given us within our first episode and hopefully second. Hopefully you're still here. We'll be back again in seven days. We'll see you then, everybody. Bye now. Take care.